0: Welcome to a post-Valentine's Day edition of At The Buzzer, a Ralphie Report podcast that has all of your CU news and needs and everything in between. How was your Valentine's Day, Sam? It was nice.
1: Nothing really happened. I worked alone at the cafe, which usually sucks. But I uh I had a nice little night. Did did you have a Valentine?
0: Uh if I I mean I guess in a way, um I I sat alone with my thoughts um on this program and that I think counts, right? I is I Is Evan get... Batty your Valentine? Evan Batty is he should be everyone's Valentine. He has enough for everyone. His love has no bounds, um, but I don't want to put him into that pressure. I don't know; that can make him feel weird. So, um, in the end, your answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> well, still, yeah, it was still a nice weekend, though. I wanted to get outside, but we can talk about that why I didn't in a later in a little bit.
1: Did you Did you enjoy the basketball over the weekend? <clears throat> because I I had a miserable hmm. time on Saturday.
0: Yeah, so uh this is part of why my my weekend is so good i will talk about this i did not watch on saturday um i I skipped that game which is i'm i'm taking the i'm blaming myself for the loss i'm drinking heavily um and i'm there's no consoling me because i feel like i'm the reason why Uh, i did watch thursday though have you seen highlights of the cal game no i refuse to look at it
1: That's how I am. With, that's how I was with the Utah game. I decided to just not watch the highlights.
0: I also have not looked at that one. I thought I, you covered I, it. I watched it live and covered it. <laughs> I just haven't looked at the. I usually, always look at the highlights oh. after the games. I did look at. The oh, I, I don't do that. Um, it just helps me get a little bit of a feel for like standout plays. Because um, mm-hmm. you know, in the heat of the moment, I'm gonna I'm gonna get mad about everything. So.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. I don't know. I I thought that that did not take me down as much as it should have because I thankfully spared myself from what sounded like a grand old time uh, in Berkeley, California.
1: So so what we said last week on the pod was that we expected to see you to split the road trip. We we were yes, hoping I was first hoping week, up. but we thought that they would split. We obviously we thought they'd beat Cal. Yes, but. It's it's a road trip in the Pac-12, and I realize Cal sucks, but like it it happens.
0: Um, so I would say, hey, look, we can get into this. Uh, you uh, as we talk about this this team's resume as a whole, um, mm-hmm. I would say this happens more to see you than almost anyone else, and I think they put themselves in, <laughs> in a position for that. But I am yeah. also saying that in a good way. So. Yes, it, I think it was interesting that we split the road trip, but we split the road trip in the exact opposite way that we wanted to, um, and also we split the road trip in a way that I think is overall more beneficial for CU's resume, which um, might be a little hot takey, but I think are it's- you
1: are you saying that the blowing out Stanford on the road is better than losing to Cal on the road?
0: Um, I'm saying in the eyes of the committee, a, a super big road win uh, against a top 50, top 75 team is going to do more damage than a, a bad road loss against a court Q3 team.
1: Okay, so on the one hand, yeah, I get that. But on the other, CU is now, I think, the one of two teams in the country who are top 30 in the net and have, three, well. have three quad three losses.
0: Okay, and they, so did, we're this, they did this last your, year, too. We're skipping your schedule. We're not, we're not going to go into the game specifically. We're going to go no, no, overall no, no. Well, first.
1: I, I just want to talk about why that game kind of sucks. Why it, it's yes. like,
0: okay. So, uh, yeah, you're right. They are unique but, in their ability to lose to bad teams.
1: And they, they did this last year, too. So, it's definitely part of, I guess, my expectation with CU is a little bit disjointed because I only watch CU So I don't know what normal teams do. Well, to be completely honest,
0: (laughs) obviously not this. Um, I have (laughs) I have a theory about why this happens to CU, and first I want to talk about why it's interesting. Um, so I think there's the bad part of that tweet that you mentioned is that CU's lost three times to a Q three opponent as a top thirty team, which is like it's inexplicable, especially the way they lost those three. It's three different ways to lose. All three were terrible. Yep. (laughs) However, I also think that CU's unique in this position because they've been a top 30 team the past two years while they're doing this. Um, So I think I don't want to lose sight of that part while yelling about the second part. Does that make sense? I want to say like, CU's still a really good team and it sucks that this really good team is losing to not really good teams.
1: I also want to say that I've been on the top 25 watch all year just because I think it's fun. I I always like Knowing who the top 25 is. Mm-hmm. And it's just so funny how this team is yo yoing. Like, I think they're 26
0: again, are they not? After the... They're 30th
1: right now. Oh, okay. um, so they, they get right near the top 25 to like 26th to 27th. Right. With a really good week. And then they win one game and then they lose another. And they go down to like 30, 35 in that range. Mm-hmm. And then they sweep that next week and then get closer to the top 25. And then they drop back down and it's just been the constant all season. And it's been killing me a little bit because I just like when I go through like basketball reference or football reference and I see, Oh, CU so you had a ranked team that year. It's okay that they started five and oh, ended five and seven, but they were ranked at one point.
0: <laughs> I, uh, I guess I'm not saying anything that we don't know, but I feel like if CU's name was, um, Duke or UCLA. Even if you want to go even in conference, if CU's name is UCLA, I think that'd be right. Um, At 16 and
1: six. Yeah, they would be.
0: Yeah. So those losses suck. And I have a theory about why CU's the team. Although do that.
1: I think the PAC 12 has just been generally disrespected because this UCLA, year, yes. UCLA is 14 and five and 10 and three in conference. And they're considered on the bubble.
0: Um. Well, part of that's also because they lost. The only non-con game worth anything with San Diego State, and they lost that game. Uh, yeah, we well, can say the same thing about CU. So I, I also don't get why they're on the bubble exactly.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, these teams are solid. No, Nobody's good in the Pac-12, but nobody's good in college
0: basketball right now. There's, like, literally three good teams. <sighs> so, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I have a – but – like you said, there's really only two, I would say, two teams that have separated themselves out from the rest. And I guess you mm-hmm. could throw Michigan up there and Ohio State maybe. Um, yeah, I was
1: thinking Villanova, but yeah. The, the, the There's a pretty good top five, but that's about it.
0: So despite that, those other teams have not fallen into the same traps that CU puts itself <laughs> in. Uh huh. So I have a theory about that. Um. Go ahead. I think... CU and this is, huh, I think this is unique to CU within the top thirty. And I need to look again, but feel free to correct me. Every game that CU has lost this year, except for maybe Utah, and even then I would say Utah is is still on the other side of this. CU is the less talented team on paper. Um, and what? I think Have all their losses. Yes. What about Cal and Washington? I would say that Cal and Washington both have better talent on paper than CU. I think that's a
1: wildly hot take. And I don't see why why is that? I don't see how do you think Washington has more talent? Like on paper. On on paper, paper, what does that mean? Like Quad A Green is a five star on paper? Yes, exactly. Even though there's there's four seasons worth of paper stats that he sucks.
0: Yes, exactly what that means. Let me finish. But yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's on paper with the stars and the talent and whatever you want to call that, Out of recruiting out of high school. uh, CU's less talented than Washington, less talented than, I would say, Utah. Absolutely. Less talented than Cal. Uh, Okay. All right. So that's... Right. The reason I think that's important is, like you said, when that bears out, I don't think that's necessarily true. I think CU has proven that they are a better team and have better players than Cal and Washington and Utah. Right. Can we say that? Uh, do you,
1: do you know which CU has what two top 100 recruits on their current roster? Deshaun Schwartz. And who's the other one was, was Nick Collier a top 20, top 100 Nick Clifford. Yeah,
0: that's what I meant. Um, <laughs>
1: that's a slip.
0: Yeah. No, no. Well, Dom Collier also was, but I don't know if Nick Clifford ended up at the, uh,
1: well, okay. So I was gonna say that they're two players who've he's been like 16. the most hit or miss.
0: Well, so anyways, um, they still. I think obviously McKinley Wright was a three star out of high school, lower three star. He's very good. We know he's very good. Obviously, we know we know that Evan Batty, who is still a pretty solid recruit, has outperformed Jariah Horn as a grad trans. Like we know they're better players, but yeah. Here's the the point of that is is when I think when CU has bad nights, depending however that looks against Washington, if they went and shoot one of eighteen on threes, if uh, against Utah they just decide to stop playing defense and let the wrong guy get hot, and against Cal I didn't watch, but you can correct me if I'm wrong at this on, on this take, if you know the the game gets really ugly and CU isn't hitting the the momentum stopping or changing shots. Right, if the free throws are, are the main f- source of offense, um, I don't think there's a talent backstop that CU can rely on. I don't. I don't think there's a a well of athleticism and overarching talent that the other top thirty teams have. They can just say like, look, nothing's going right, but we have Evan Goddamn Mobley, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, nothing's going right, but we have. And Creighton is the other team, but we have Marcus Zagorowski or um. I'm trying to, you know, Jalen Suggs Mitch or Malik. Jared Butler or oh. Luke Garza or, uh, so you know.
1: I think part of it is that not that we're less talented it's okay. that I think the star player on this team is not a natural scorer. Yes. And he's not really comfortable taking that on. Right. And I also did see against Cal and we could get into it that this team doesn't have any like elite athlete who can just go. Absolutely.
0: Do something. So and yeah, you are saying it better than problem. I am. Yes, what? you are saying it better than I am. I'm okay. saying the same thing, but you're doing doing it better. <laughs> so I think the, the biggest
1: issue at Cal, besides like they, so they just weren't good. Like that's a they. So let's they just weren't get into the Cal. shots.
0: Yeah, let's just get into they. The
1: they weren't hitting their shots. They couldn't deal with Matt Bradley and fucking. Uh, Cal had a player whose like career high was four points. Jared Elsey. Yeah, and he scored, like, 11 on the first half. Yeah. But um, the biggest issue was that Cal is really fucking big. And they are really physical, really aggressive. Mm -hmm. And CU really struggled with that. And they didn't have anybody who could, like, outmatch those guys with quickness. And that's why I think, like, Jabari Walker had 23 points against Cal in the home Mm -hmm. game. He was so critical mm-hmm. and I didn't, you said you were worried about this game because he wasn't there mm-hmm. and I didn't know how big of a deal he'd be, but we saw in his absence that there was nobody to be aggressive and to just go get their points and, or like impose their will on the game, so to speak. And Jabari Walker is that kind of player because he's so aggressive and trigger happy and he's just super quick. And I think that he was like the missing piece. And I think if we get him, we win by 10.
0: Well, so like I said, I didn't didn't watch this game. So you'll to to Mm -hmm. let me know if I'm wrong with this stuff. (laughs) But, um, you know, I've said it all year and even last year. And you can back me up on this. I love Matt Bradley on on Cal's team. He's my favorite non-CU player. Is very good. Uh, uh, and part of that, in my opinion, is because he is all those things that you're describing. Like, he hunts his shot. He knows he's the best option on offense, and he acts like it every time. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that's super valuable um, just in terms of mentality. And I don't think... I think this, this game laid it out pretty cleanly that CU does not have that. And when they go against... And when they run into something like this where they need that, they're going to lose.
1: I also think part of the issue last year was like not to get into last year, but like the player who should have been, that was Tyler Bay, but he just wasn't there mentally. Um, Cause like you couldn't, I don't know really if you put di- that on him. Okay. Yeah. I I think he could have been the athletic matchup problem who can go get a bucket. Like when you need him to, in certain situations, like you could go force it with him, but I think he was too turnover prone and too inconsistent right. like, mentally to do that. Um,
0: so but, is that is that what you saw in the Cal game? Did you just see a team that couldn't quite get the guy who could just get a bucket or like quite make it to the line as much as they needed to?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, like they couldn't even really get to the line. They were just getting like outworked. Like there wasn't any driving lanes and nobody was hitting any threes. Mm-hmm. Jariah Horn, who I think this team probably depends a little bit too much on. Yeah. To hit jumpers, he had a zero in the second half.
0: I heard that the Schwartz and, and Wright went a combined 8 for 22 and 0 an for from 3. Is that right? S- 6 for 22. 6 for 22. And okay.
1: Deshaun, Deshaun in the second half, he went 0 of 5 on 3s and 0 for 2 at the free throw line. Oh, my God.
0: See, and that's, oh, that's and always the thing been my with,
1: problem with him. And the thing is, you're going to hate this. That Deshaun, the second he decided, oh, I'll put the ball on the floor. I'll get to the basket. He did so easily. Mm-hmm. And it, mm-hmm. I don't know why he that. wasn't. I. <laughs> you also would have hated all the ticky tack fouls they called on Evan Batty. Like they had one where he went up for a rebound, just jumped straight up. And the other guy on Cal also jumped straight up. But the other guy landed on Evan and went flying and they called it on Evan.
0: Well, he is big. Did, I, did I you mean, see
1: Did you see the goaltender? I did.
0: I was about to bring that up. That was the one thing I did see that made <laughs> semi national so, news.
1: I think the score at that point was like sixty to fifty eight, and McKinley Wright hit a floater off the off the glass on the rim, and Andre Kelly pulled it off the rim, and then Cal turned that because CU stopped playing. Everybody just stopped playing, right? But then they Cal the turned that. Ter- Cal turned that into like a fast break layup. And so that was a 4-point swing. And I think that if if that shot I think that was the shot we needed. And I really think that like C would have had a better chance cuz like the 9-point loss like that was some bullshit but at the end of the game. Games. It yeah. was it, it was it was like a one possession game the entire time.
0: But it, the point is it also shouldn't ever have gotten to be a one possession game against the worst yeah. team in the conference. Yeah. And I think The worst team. Yeah. Washington's the worst team, but yeah, not by conference record. I don't think, especially against since they just beat Wazoo.
1: I think Washington's worse when you consider Matt Bradley was out for so long.
0: Well, okay, yeah, you're putting context to it. Yeah, Cal is the worst <laughs> record in conference. Um, okay, I think Washington's worse. But all of this to say, that's that's my we lost big... to both, right? Well, exactly. So that's my <laughs> big um, thought is CU does not have the athleticism backstop or the scoring drive backstop that we're both talking about. I called it talent. You called it those two, um, (laughs) that they need to avoid bad losses like this. And I think that's the nature of the beast. Um, you know, we can blame Tad Boyle, and I think there's some, obviously, blame that, that goes with him, but also he's recruiting better than any CU coach before in history, um, and that still isn't there, which tells you CU's historical talent level. And I I, I think that's just that's what happens when the, when your program is the 11th or 12th best in the conference by prestige. Um, and he, I think we're working to change that little by little every year. But that's why when you have a bad night like this, it can go really, really bad. And that's, I guess, that's my thought at least.
1: Do you think it's a, at all scheme dependent? Like we're almost too insistent on jumpers and assisting every basket.
0: Well, it's hard to say because this year's scheme is the exact opposite of last year's scheme. If you look at numbers, um, mm-hmm. you could say it's still they're both man-to-man stuff, obviously, and it's still kind of motion offense, but. This team relies a lot on outside shots, relies a lot on offensive efficiency, getting the right bucket, and then just extending defensive possessions. I mm-hmm. think last year's team relied a lot on rebounds, limiting possessions to one shot on defense and fast break opportunities. Oh, um,
1: another thing Another thing you would have loved is Cal was winning the offensive rebounding battle. Right. Because Dallas Walton doesn't know how to box out.
0: Right. I, I think, Tad, I mean, look, Tad said this at the beginning of the year, this is his worst rebounding team and he hopes he get they get better. But he said <laughs>
1: that. Yeah. Um, I mean, and he said the best right.
0: rebounder he has is Jabari Walker and we're feeling his absence. So, mm-hmm. you know, I... <sighs>
1: And Evan has like a four four inch vertical,
0: right? He he. I think Evan's really good when you compare him with someone like Bayo Walker that can leap around him. But you can't just yeah. put him with Walden and hope that someone gets a board. So no,
1: he's a box out guy.
0: You know, I hopefully a lot of the talent issues we're talking about are fixed. CU's getting four guys in ne- next year plus either a transfer or another guard. If if what we're hearing is true, um, and the. Three of those four players are, are pretty highly rated. Um, good players would be in the top 30 all-time recruits, which is sad to say. Um, and I, I think you're going to see some of that change, but it's just frustrating because I think that's what is the the problem with these losses. When you perform poorly, there's nothing to lean on because McKinley Wright, as much as we love him, he can't, he is not that man, and you can't ask him to be something he's not.
1: Mm-hmm. It, it is frustrating because i want him to be that player and he's not
0: but he is i mean all-time great obviously he's no he's, i know i know i know he's past an amazing just, stat
1: i just uh, like i'm watching the nuggets and celtics right now and do you know who i'm thinking of facundo campazo well <laughs> no uh peyton pritchard like i want him to just be able to like oh my god okay we're losing it's a tight game yeah i'm just gonna go get my jumper like right, go get yeah. a Go put the ball on the floor and get a pull up.
0: Or the her. classic Peyton Pritchard, put your head down, like drive into someone and then throw and some garbage off the glass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's not that guy, and we can't. It's at some point we can't ask him and expect him to be that guy. He can't be someone, everything. Well, and it's it's a failure on on the coaching staff and the program that there isn't another guy like that. I think we all want Deshaun Schwartz to be that guy because we know he can be. We saw the he Dayton game. Be. The Dayton yeah. game worked because Deshaun decided to be that guy in the last five minutes. That's why that game worked.
1: Um, yeah. We win that game, by the way. I think we win that two out of ten times.
0: The Dayton game? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of stuff broke right. But whatever. Take the, take the amazing wins when you can. So um, speaking of, like I said, all hope is not lost. And in fact <laughs> – we got, we got moved up a seed line in Bracketology today. Uh, and we also stuck around the 14s in Net and Ken Palm, largely mm-hmm. because even though we lost to Cal, we absolutely demolished a full-strength Stanford team that's a top-four team in this conference.
1: Yeah. I missed the first half because I was working. And low-key, I really enjoy when I miss a little bit of the game because I get so stressed out watching it. Mm-hmm. And I love when you do the recaps because then I can just watch basketball without having to worry about anything else. Right. Um. <laughs> uh. So yeah, that that. I just remember the second half. You were panicking because you thought that CU was just going to blow the lead, but CU the the way their offense was clicking, there was no way they were going to let okay. that happen.
0: That's not true because they got it within six. And they uh, get, oh, they did.
1: Well, that's yes. when I also said, "Oh shit, okay, you might yeah. have a point."
0: But then uh, right after that Jarius Horn hits a step back nasty three and mm-hmm. CU got a few fast break opportunities and, and it was over. But yeah. Um I was very worried as I should have been obviously depending on based on the last four games cuz this team <laughs> is just riding a pendulum right now. Um I will be happy to talk about the, the that whole game as much as you want. Um like I mentioned, Stanford, for the first time, had everyone healthy and and available all year. That's the first time all year that everyone's been there, so oh, that's crazy. um yeah, stopper Bryce Wills was in Zaire Williams is back from his absence, Oscar de Silva full health uh you know, there's a lot of stuff to talk about, but let's talk about something that I think we've seen emerging the past f- three weeks or so. um Tristan De Silva's legit, yeah, no, he's very fun
1: um. I don't remember what he did against Stanford.
0: Uh, I think he had 14 <laughs> points, missed maybe one oh, really? shot. Oh, um, Guarded his brother after early foul trouble. So in the first half, they called Evan Batty for two fouls in the first five minutes. They called Walton on for two fouls. Um, they might have even gotten a horn, but there was a lot of front court foul trouble. So Tristan De Silva, because yeah, he Walker had, was out, played a he lot. He had eight, eight points.
1: One rebound, one assist, one steal. Against Stanford. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But it was I he still I I mean, he just plays so smart, you know? Mm-hmm. Um he always in the right spot on offense. He allows everyone else room to breathe. He guards well on defense. The thing I really love, and this is a big part of Tad's system, is um he hedges super well on screens. If you remember, in my opinion, this was also Wesley Gordon's best attribute. Um because Tad is a hard hedging coach, right? On every screen, the big, so if, if the opposing guard has the ball and the, and the opposing big sets a, a pick on McKinley Wright, let's say, right? The big is expected to come out hard on the perimeter and stop that drive. And the the rest of the defense is expected to scramble, right? Mm-hmm. Generally, that works out because college players don't make decisions as fast as uh NBA players, so you can't usually find the open guy in time before everyone else recovers. Um, I think Wesley Gordon is really good at that. I think Dallas Walton has too, a little bit too slow of feet for that to work sometimes, um, and I think Batty can be a little aggressive. But I think Tristan De Silva has just the right amount of defensive IQ to like. He knows when to back off. He knows when to get back to his guy. I don't know. I'm just really impressed with his spacing in general.
1: So you're you're like you're very confident with the front court of the future.
0: Because it looks well, like
1: Yeah. It looks like Jabai Walker might turn out to be like the go to scorer next year, which is a little crazy to think about.
0: So it's gonna be a weird year next year because we, we assume that Dallas Walden and Javai Horn are leaving. Um if Sean is leaving. Yes.
1: McKinley is, is leaving.
0: leaving. <laughs> I would assume <laughs> that everyone is I would assume that every senior that can leave is going to leave.
1: Yeah, um, I was very excited about Dallas Walton earlier in the season, but now that he's cooled off a little bit, his weaknesses are I showing. I think he's
0: still kind of an offensive asset, and he's a good guy to have as a fourth big-ish.
1: Yeah, you know, or a the third bench, big even. Something off it's just, I, I'm just getting frustrated with his but, rebounding.
0: Well, what we're seeing is, I think, a complete lack of athleticism at the front court without Jabari Walker, and you don't want to concentrate in on one guy. Yeah. Um, De Silva has some of that too, but yes, in – I would say I'm very excited because we also get Lawson Lovering coming in. um, Mm -hmm. Who's going to be a, I think, a a revelation at center. He's the first Lawson Lovering.
1: I don't even know what he's going to play like. I I have no idea
0: what's going to happen with him. Okay. Well, we talked about it multiple times. No, no, no. no, I I understand. (laughs) I understand his
1: game. I understand his game. I'm just saying that, like, I don't really know what to expect.
0: Okay. I think we expect an instant impact. 7 footer who can who can actually play above the rim. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> so so to kind of bring Anyways, it back, De Silva is going to be a part of that, I think, and he's shown yeah. that he's a really good late add to that nice 2019-2020 recruiting class.
1: Yeah, I think I'm very happy with him because I think he was like a mystery box.
0: Yeah, and I think he slots in well in in the future with uh the skill sets of Nick Clifford and Luke O'Brien. Uh, and the other guy missing. Oh They're yeah, missing
1: I'm one. actually pretty excited about Luke O'Brien.
0: So, he, anyways, yeah, he
1: passes the eye test for like I have no reason to like Luke O'Brien as much as I do.
0: Well, he looks like a power five athlete for sure. Yeah, um, he looks
1: he, very athletic and fluid, and, and he's confident. Like, with the ball. strong, and I like and he's compliment. handsome.
0: There it is, and we want the most handsome team in the Pac-12. Yeah.
1: Oh man, who did I? Jariah Horn, that man. I'm so happy he's on the team just for his handsomeness alone. He has great eyes. Great eyelashes, eyelashes too. Um,
0: Oh, yes. So, regardless, the Stanford, if the Cal (laughs) game is what happens when CU's offense goes wrong, the Stanford game is what happens when CU's offense goes right. They were unbelievably efficient. Everyone was hitting shots. Uh, McKinley was driving when he needed to. Keyshawn Barthelemy before... McKinley Wright kind of took over, he and Keyshawn kind of got pulled. He was actually doing, I thought, pretty well on offense, moving the ball. Stanford? Uh, Yeah.
1: He played three minutes. Right. Okay.
0: It's still three minutes where he's a lead guy. It's plenty of time to look at a dude. Okay, sure. <laughs> um,
1: I was just curious.
0: I don't know. I thought it was a, just a really good team effort. Obviously, they locked down everyone but Oscar De Silva, who will eat CU's lunch until the day he dies, I'm convinced.
1: He eats everyone's lunch. It's not just us.
0: Um, and they shut down Zaire Williams really well. They shut down Bryce Wills. They shut down uh, O'Connell on their team. Uh, Spencer Jones couldn't get free. Anyone that Stanford had outside of De Silva just couldn't do anything. And that was a, it. Was a great team win. I think we match up well with Stanford overall. Um, and it, it salvaged the road trip. Obviously, you'd you'd hope that you sweep that because you got the hard part out of the way, but. Uh, see you staring at the same conference record they had last year uh, with the bad loss in tow. So they have to try to get it out of, out of there.
1: Mm-hmm. This also probably takes us out of the Pac-12 title race, Absolutely. which sucks because uh, I don't know if I buy USC as much. I think they're probably going to win it anyway, but it is annoying to see like, oh, we're going to be a Pac-12 title contender. And now we're in fourth place in the conference. Kind of like last year when we were first, and then we finished fifth.
0: Yeah, remember you only have to be top five to be. Uh, yeah, I get that. We're we're
1: gonna finish top four because Arizona's kind of fallen off. But I do just want to be second. Like I just just for the the number of it because I think we we're probably the second best team in the pack 12 So I'd like to see it.
0: Yeah, I. Well, if there's a chance here, uh, a terrible chance, but a chance that CU takes, can kind of leapfrog Oregon, can yeah. they, percentage-wise? If they, I think they can.
1: Well, Oregon still has uh, road games against USC and UCLA that have yet to be made up. And
0: I think they'll try to make space for that, but CU has no picnic schedule. Picnic of a schedule left, so... No, I know, I know, but we... I'm
1: just saying, like, games-wise, if you're wondering why Oregon has so few games played, they still have probably the toughest road trip of the conference left. Besides, I don't yep. know if you want to say the mountain trip is harder, but USC and UCLA are definitely better than CU and UC and Utah. Uh,
0: the mountain trip is harder statistically, just because it's, it's no, very I, rare I, that I, someone deals with that.
1: I, I know. I'm just saying that I think that the other teams are
0: better than us. They are better, yeah. Well, so... Let's get into it. The next the next games up. Uh, CU goes still on the road against Oregon and Oregon State. Um, an Oregon State, team that was easily dispatched, and uh, frankly, an Oregon team that was decently easily dispatched. Both in Boulder, obviously. Um, the Oregon game is a huge one, and I have almost no expectations. That's <laughs> the yeah. I now. think I think
1: anything can happen, as you pointed out. I think that this Oregon team is a little bit erratic. Yeah, and they, they,
0: personnel too. Like they, we don't even know who's going to play.
1: Yeah, like I, I can't say that I know who's even like active right now.
0: So they played Arizona. They beat Arizona yes. at Arizona. They, they beat had Arizona f- State
1: too, obviously.
0: <laughs> yeah. So similarly to, um, Stanford, they just got their full roster back. So Will Richardson is back from a thumb injury. Chris Duarte is back from COVID protocols and other injuries. Eugene Abbrunieri is back. Um, I think the only person they're missing is Enfali Deonte, but that's separate. That's a that's a mm-hmm. uh, season ending. So everyone we expect to see from them is back. They're at full strength.
1: Okay, so Will Richardson does cause some issues because he wasn't there last time, right? Uh, this team also is very shooting dependent Mm -hmm. because Duarte himself is pretty inconsistent. Omarui could probably be a better scorer than he is, even though he's averaging 18 points a game. Uh, I would like to see them not full court press us because that rattled, that that rattled Eli Parquet a little bit. Yeah. Uh, they, They also lost to Oregon state and Washington state at home earlier this year. And I realized they weren't full strength, but that's, Pretty hard to do. Yeah, almost as hard as
0: losing to Utah at home.
1: Um, yeah, actually even harder because Utah is better than either of those teams.
0: Yeah. <sighs> uh, I think Eugene Amaruni is is actually a pretty good matchup. I think Evan Batty is well-suited to handle him in terms of speed and strength. He's more skilled, and he's going to get his foul calls. But in general, I think that's a good matchup for CU. Uh, Duarte we've seen enough of He's super annoying Just put Parquet on him and you're fine um, I mean you're not they fine went, But you'll limit him They went 8 of 29 from 3 against Oregon State Yeah so they shoot the most 3's in the conference and they make the most 3's in the conference Um, So they're very shooting dependent like you said but, I mean yeah shooting dependent means volatility Right And I think has also done a pretty good job Of, of running some teams off of the 3 point line This year um let me check a quick look at our stats just to make sure I'm not talking completely out of my ass. Uh yeah, they're allowing eh, an okay amount of three-point percentage um on a lot of three-point attempts as a as a defense. So in general, they're they're okay. Um that's not going to be the key of the game. The key to the game is going to be offense. CU's an offense based team. Now that's just the weird weirdness of 2020 slash 2021. So you're going to need more from Jariah Horn. You're going to need more from, I guess there's a the slight possibility that Walker's back. I wouldn't bet on it, but uh, I don't know. Like Maddox Daniels is going to have to step up. You're going to have guy Deshaun Schwartz is going to have to do way more. You're going to need a lot from a lot of people.
1: Yeah. It'll probably be a loss. I'm just saying that if something happens, it would be very, very fun if this was an upset win. Uh, However, if CU somehow wins against Oregon, as somebody pointed out on Twitter, they will immediately follow that with an embarrassing loss to Oregon State, which we should be very excited for. (laughs) But I think they'll, they'll win one of them and lose the other in whichever order it happens.
0: Yeah, I I also think it splits in order here. I, I, if they somehow sweep this road trip, they're in really, really, really good shape um, coming home for the final two games. Am I making that up, final two games? Do we know if the Arizona State re- rematch has been it'll, scheduled?
1: Pr- no, I mean, it'll probably be scheduled uh, first week of March, because that's when they're, the makeup right. games are going to be. So we're going to have, like, three home games at the end. Right. And the ASU team will have completely given up. I assume. Absolutely.
0: So, uh, see you at the same record they were at last year. They need to at least win one of these next four, I think. Uh, yeah. It's hard. Yeah. It's a hard <laughs> last four. So, you just hope they split this road trip. I think they will split this road trip. Um, and you hope Jabari Walker comes back for that home, home stretch against LA at the very least because that would be think, quite a nice boost.
1: I think we beat UCLA because... I think Chris Smith was really the matchup problem against them last year. And the loss earlier this year, I think, was just like, it was just a bad game from CU. Just their offense was bad. But I think defensively, we're fine against them.
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, it was a three-point loss at UCLA. And generally, you can swing that pretty hard on the home side as well, especially if you see you and you play at altitude. So, And anecdotally, we just played bad. Yeah, I mean, it was in the 60s. If you if you leave this team in the 60s, they're not going to play good enough defense all the time for you to win that game. So,
1: Wow. So something I'm really quickly learning is that the one common thing with all of CU's frustrating road results is that Eli Parquet shows up in all of them. And he's the only good player. <laughs> what do you mean? I think he... No, like all these games I'm looking at, Eli Parquet is like four for five with three steals and ten points. Eli Parquet, two blocks, four steals, like stuff like that. Like he's been good every single game on the road. It's
0: wild, actually. He's a really consistent player. Oh my God, he's a junior already. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he and he and Batty will be the seniors next year. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. Yeah, uh, but go. Well, we're so, I think that, uh, I don't know. Let's, overall, this team's in really good shape, and, and we mentioned at the start, but despite all of our consternation about that cow loss, they really aren't that hindered by on, in, in any metrics that matter right now. Mm-hmm. So, 14th and Ken Palm, let me check the net rankings real quick. They, uh, we can talk, while we talk about we're, this. The, I think we're 20th on net. The NCAA tournament just uh, put out that the top sixteen teams, the the four seeds in each bracket. CU's not one of them, obviously. Nor is um, USC. What? USC's not in there either. No, and they won't be. I I I think their ceiling is probably five seed, but that's crazy because they're know. seventeen and three. I know. I think they should be higher than Iowa. Honestly, I don't get how Iowa's still up there, but. Whatever. Um, I, I think CU's in just fine shape. Right now, ESPN has them playing North Carolina as a six seed, which would be like the worst-case scenario <laughs> matchup-wise.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but the six seed is just fine. Um, they were a seven seed last last week. While we're talking, let me check the CBS bracketology. They have been a little bit more down on CU this year. Um, and they have... They have a nine seed CSU and they have a 10 seed Colorado playing a seven seed Arkansas. 10 seed Colorado, 10 seed Colorado. Yeah. What the sh- that's so bad. Yeah. They, they are down on us this year. So, um, I don't know. I, I think see you still in really good shape overall. If they can get two out of these last four, they'll be in just fine. They'll, they'll be in great shape.
1: So, so I'm looking at, um, the Bart Torvik website. Yes. And CU's resume, the of the 10 teams that are most similar to the resume, all of them made the tournament pretty easily. The worst one was an eight seed. Uh And of those 10, we have two Final Four appearances and one national championship.
0: Oh, I'm seeing this.
1: Yeah. Kentucky wanna...
0: 2014? I love that team.
1: Did you love that team? Do you know who... The main players were the Harrison brothers right I hated them so much I was so pissed they beat Wichita State on fucking Harrison and Andrew Harrison like hits a backboard three to win the 2015 game
0: 2015 Michigan State that was Denzel Valentine right uh yeah wait was it I'm gonna have to find out 2018 Houston they lost to Cincy I think No, these are pretty solid comparisons 2018 Arizona lost to uc irvine if i remember correctly buffalo i thought oh it was buffalo yes kansas state lost to uc irvine
1: let's see 2014-15 michigan state yeah denzel valentine brandon dawson Bryn forbes Bryn forbes that's a sniper yeah and travis trice if you remember him i do Oh, I was also looking at a bunch of Euroleague rosters yesterday and you would not believe the guys on these teams. It's just you callback were at them after because callback.
0: Because Corey Higgins won another MVP award, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. The is probably like the best team in Europe right now, and he's their second best player.
0: So I yeah, I don't know. I think is gonna end up around that six or seven seed range. I think that's probably what mm-hmm. if they get three out of these last four, which I'm not expecting at all. Mm-hmm. They're gonna look really good. They're gonna look. That's gonna be really good.
1: If they get a three, that's pretty. Or if they get a six, that's pretty solid. Because like, the drop off to the three seed teams are just like it's a pretty big talent drop off,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is pretty nice to think about. Because we're probably gonna see some wild upsets in the tournament
0: this year, especially. I mean, there's no Duke. There's no Kentucky. There's UNC is bad. Michigan State is out. Um, way Arizona's less out backdrop. Arizona's out. Yeah, there's, there's less blue blood backdrop.
1: But I mean, even then, like the top,
0: like probably teams
1: five to 20 can win or lose any game. And it won't be a surprise.
0: Yeah, it's, it's going to be a weird one because I think we all know who's probably going to make it to the final. Gonzaga and mm-hmm. Baylor. But everything else is completely out in the open.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm very excited for it
0: I am
1: hoping CU kind of wakes up from that Cal game It's not like the collapse Where they can just like f- Be like oh we gotta focus more That's just that we gotta not play like ass
0: Well I Yeah I think there's pretty obvious Learnings from that Deshaun Schwartz can't go over Jariah Horn can't go over in the second half And McKinley Wright can't miss every shot And that's <sighs> something that just needs to happen Make your shots, guys. It's true, though. I know.
1: All right, um, hang on. Nope, hang on. We still got a couple more things. Okay. Um, we we have to do the at the buzzer after the buzzer thing. Okay. Because I'm gonna go with my at the buzzer, which is Andre Roberson is back in the NBA.
0: Yeah. With a buddy. With a not even a buddy, a brother-in-law.
1: Oh yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie is married to Arielle Robertson,
0: a legend.
1: In her own right, yes.
0: Sister yeah. to Andre Robertson.
1: Yeah. Um Kevin Durant is also there, his old teammate at OKC. Yeah. Also, Timothy Cabarro was also an OKC with Andre. So he's back. They are probably going to be playing him, which is a little bit crazy. Because I mean, their he... bench sucks. Yeah, well, their bench sucks. They also, like, Andre got hurt in January 2018, and he didn't play again until August 2020. And he, like, he looked like a shell of his former self. Mm-hmm. So we're really hoping for that because his contract is like – he has like a week or two before it becomes guaranteed, so there's a chance that they play him and think that he's a little washed, and then they cut him. Mm-hmm. So he has to be pretty good early because this team really needs a defensive stopper. And it would be really nice because he's such a good culture and locker room guy. And he can play such good defense if he's healthy. It would be really nice to see him back because he deserves it. He's a good he's a good guy. Yeah, everyone likes him. Yeah, except for that waiter he tipped like $9. But that was because he ordered. All the guy did was bring him a fucking thing of wine.
0: All right, whatever. Okay, my at the <laughs> buzzer um, is Marvin Gaze, what's going on? Oh, I okay. have never listened to that album before yesterday, um, yeah. and then I listened to it front to back, and it was unbelievable. It yeah. was one of the best albums I've ever heard.
1: I, I'm very happy that you've been
0: introduced to Marvin Gaye. Uh, I'd encourage everyone to listen to that album. <laughs> I've I've seen snippets of Marvin Gaye. I just never listened to it front to back, and um, yeah, that blew my mind. It was insane. I didn't also I didn't also realize he married his, his producer's sister. And then also had a kid with his producer's niece. Yeah, and got murdered by his dad. Yeah. It was he has a wild life, man.
1: Yeah, and his backup singer like died of like brain cancer right after recording.
0: Oof. Weird times in the 70s. All right.
1: My I'll do my absolute buzzer. This storm is Awful. I just want everybody to be warm and safe. Mm-hmm. It sucks. It's warming up here, but it sucks my friends in Texas are like without power for 30 hours.
0: Yeah, <sighs> water down there again. Yeah, OU Texas got rescheduled because yeah. they just can't have it. And it's also sl- slowing down the vaccination rollout down there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So let's hope everything warms up. Mm-hmm. Um... Let's see. My After the Buzzer is similar, but not really similar. I My hands, I've gotten to the point of bleeding a few times this week because of how dry they get. Uh, I get extremely dry hands and I had to buy like uh, industrial strength aquaphor and just like soak my hands in that. Um, which is annoying because then you can't really touch anything or else you just leave petroleum jelly stains everywhere.
1: <laughs> I think you would like my job because the, the coffee grounds will get on your hands and they just sap all the moisture. And like every time I'm at work, I have to go put lotion on and then put gloves on so that my hands can like breathe.
0: No, I would hate that job. Why would you yeah, say you... I'd like that job? I, <laughs> I can't do that. Alright, I'm done, Jack. Alright, I'm done. Alright, take care. See ya. Boss. Buzz! Buzz! Boss!
1: <laughs> Boss!